This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen and amen. We have a lot to get to today. If you will, go to the book of Philippians, which is our foundational scripture, Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to dive into what God has been ministering to us for the past. I think this is our fourth teaching on this particular subject, and God is dealing with us And I believe in a very significant part of our life that's important for us to gain knowledge in. We are pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We're pressing. So in that you press. And we're using this scripture because it's the scripture that's guiding us through this teaching and throughout it not only through this teaching it's going to guide us throughout the year because we are pattering pattering our life after the church at philippi and god is trying to give us some things that's going to help us and things that's going to help happen in in our lives because just simple fact because we live are you with me now in chapter three i'm in another one in philippians chapter three Beginning at verse 13, it reads, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, forget it, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded, I'm going to read it again so you can get an understanding. Let us therefore as many as be mature, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, anything that you don't understand, God shall reveal it, even this unto you. Here we have, and we've learned in this teaching, how to have a continuous press. God is saying, I want you to press toward the mark for a prize. It's a prize that you are going for. And let me tell you, you want the prize from God. His prize is not like of this earth. You are pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so we, are, we want to continuously press, making sure that we're reaching forward and forgetting those things that are behind. Reaching forward. Why do we reach forward? Because God's will is always right there in front of us. So we're reaching forward. We have learned in making progress that it can be difficult. I want to say that because I want you to understand, yes, it can be difficult to make progress with things that's going on in your life. It can be difficult. But listen, you have to understand, there is value in consistency. There is value in consistency. Consistency is going to get you the reward. Consistency is going to get you what you need at the time that you need it. We have been taught 
that the will of God is in front of us, even though the scripture teaches us as believers that we should arise. He's telling us what we need to do. We need to arise. He said the Bible teaches us that we should walk. We should run. We are, you know, in, in other words, basically the scriptures all over this telling us we should press forward. You have to learn to press. You have to press. Are you with me? Sometimes we get into a place as believers where, where we're stuck. And it's, the reason there is is because either we're unwilling, unable, or not knowledgeable enough to move forward. We either unwilling, like, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like I was saying, uh, you know, you can get all the information that we're getting, that you're getting for a premarital class. But if you're not willing to do any of it, unable or knowledgeable about how to press in our lives or how to move in our lives. I believe, again, how we press in the next few months. In the next nine or ten months before 2023 is very relevant for our lives and very important and extremely important for us as believers and extremely important for this ministry. I also believe that over the last two years we're seeing what progress we did and did not make. What progress people did and did not make. It's going, I believe in the next few months, in the next nine or ten months, it's going to expose very vividly, it's going to expose itself. Actually, it's all, it already has, showing who has gone through the process and who have not. Even through this pandemic, who has gone through the process and even progressed in it and who has digressed. Very important. Now, we need to understand that to see in our lives and those that are around us, even in the life of this church, you know, we need to understand what has happened since the pandemic. Two years, what has happened since the pandemic? A lot of things have happened. When you're not fellowshipping, when you're not coming together to fellowship, when you're not even streaming, when you, you know, because, you know, everybody, you know, you can say you're streaming, you can say you stream, you can do this, that, and other. But when you miss out on those things, Something happens. We will be able to see those of us that are able to take, listen, that took spiritual, natural, and financial instruction from God and those that did not. God has given us instructions through the pandemic. Spiritually, financially, naturally. And so if you've been able to make progress, we'll see it. If you haven't, we'll also see it. And I'll say it again, and I'll say it over and over. I don't want anyone that I'm pastoring to stay stuck. You don't need to be stuck in a place in your hearts and in your minds where you're not moving forward, where you're not pressing forward, where you're not moving and just saying, okay, i got to do this. I, it, it's imperative that I do. I don't want any of us to constantly be revisiting old things and old things in the past, just constantly concentrating on the, the same things over and over and over again, like you're looking at the same movie over and over, and you keep coming back. And remember what I told you, you keep looking back, you're going to see something different every time. 
Because it changes in your thoughts. So we want to stop revisiting old things that happened. It's said. It's done. You can't get that time back. It's over. You got to move forward. You don't even have to talk about it. It's over. That time is gone. So we, if you're going to press forward, if you're going to move forward, you got to let those things go. And again, I told you, I'll say it uh, throughout this whole teaching. If you're born again, filled with His Spirit, walking in the things of God, have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, doing everything that the Scripture says to walk in His Word in every area of your life, and you're still stuck in a place, you may need additional help. It's nothing wrong. Doctors are a good gift. You may need some mental uh, uh, counseling. You may need something. Because if, you, if you've done everything that the Scriptures say that you that you should do and you're still struggling that could be anything that's going on with you there could be all kind of levels of stress on you and all of that makes numbers go down numbers go up it could be just anything that's going on medically that could be going on inside chemical imbalances all types of things like that and when you have those type of things you need to get additional help because they're going to tell you what you need to do how you need to go to get some help it's okay now, is Jesus the healer? Yes, he is. But are you doing everything that the Scripture says? I'm not talking about just quoting it. But you still can't move forward. Because, see, if you believe in God for healing, healing is a process. But you can't get through the process. I want us to understand that. The difference between a healing and a miracle, there's a big difference. Are you with me? So you might need, you know, as, as you've done everything to the best of your ability. Then you need to start, and you know, I've been applying the word, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Then something else is going on, and you're stuck in that place. Are you with me? So, you don't want to be stuck in that place, and you don't have to be. You don't have to be because it could be trauma, it could be genetics, it could be anything going on. Do not be foolish and say, I'm not listening to anything the doctor's saying, I'm doing what I want to do, I'm not going to the doctor, I'm just going to believe God. Doctors are a good gift. I know we live in a society that is all about money, but still, doctors are good. That's why you pray and you make sure you get a good doctor. You know, there's a lot of doctors that are believers. All doctors are not, I don't, they don't believe in God. I'm not going to them or whatever. This doesn't have anything to do with it. This has to do with what's happening in your natural body. Are you with me? Go to your primary doctor. Let them recommend someone to you. Let them refer you to someone. You'll be just fine. And we can still pray you through. Pray you that you're strengthened to understand what the doctors are saying and obey their instructions. Amen? And sometimes we can go through extreme circumstances. Death is one of the things. That's an extreme circumstances. And you know, and it can throw you out of place. See, it can throw you out of place. And you know, yeah, and, and you know where you ought to be in your heart and your mind is like out the window. You might need a little help. And when we go on, you'll see. I'll tell you some incidents that I had. And see, I'm only going to talk about me because if I talk about you, you're going to be offended. So I'll talk about my experiences. Amen. So 
Now, I want to help us. I told you that the whole intention of this is I want to help us to grow and develop. And that's what we're doing. The purpose of this teaching is to glorify God, uh, uh, remain in his will, and to be mature. And God is going to help us with that if you would take heed to what his word is saying. The goal of this teaching is to reach the mark. And the mark is the will of God for this dispensation and every dispensation in your life. Now, I told you I had a few objectives, and, and, you know, and I may add one or two, you know, as we go, but these are the ones that I gave you. I told you that I want to teach you how to press from our old life, and we talked about that in earlier teachings. I told you I want to teach us how to press after we have suffered loss, and that's what we're teaching on now. And I'm going to take my time with it because God said, take your time because for some of you it's closer than you think. And you need to have this under your belt. Are you, are you with me? And then I said, I want to teach us how to press from disappointments. I want to teach us how to press when we miss God, and I want to teach us how to press from a stagnant place. Now, we looked at how to press from our old lifestyle. We told you that you just need to leave that old lifestyle. Wholly leave it. Just hold the whole thing. Say, you know what? That's what I used to be. Now, this is what I am. You need to embrace the new life that God has given you. You need to embrace it and you need to hold on to it. Because, see, since the pandemic, a lot of the old life tried to creep back in or it tried to hang on. Some of it had never left, but it's more obvious. So it's trying to hold on to you. But you got to make sure you're letting go of that old life and embracing that new life and holding it as tight as you can and say no I'm not letting it go are you with me you have to do that and then I said after you do that you need to never look back and don't linger I'm not looking back to those things that I'm not I'm not lingering I'm not looking back I'm going forward now listen see in the front of people, it might look like you're not looking back. But see, God is dealing with your mind. See, no one knows what goes on in your mind but God. No one knows what's in your heart but God. And God is saying, I don't want you going back there with those old thoughts. I don't want you lingering and looking back. Remember, we talked about Lot. All of that lingering and trying to tell God where you need to be. And that's not where you need to be. Amen. Now that was a very quick review because we're going to move on because we got God. Now, I've told you, to. I've given you homework, so you should have been looking at over all the other things that I told you to look over and we, you know, read over your assignments. And then we're going for So go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So we have been dealing with, since last week, how to press from loss. Now, I'm going to go over the statements that I shared with you at the end of the teaching last week, and we'll take dealing with loss. Is it, because, it's, listen, dealing with loss is a significant part of ministry. It's a significant part for me. It's a significant part for this church. Now, and most people don't think about this, but being a pastor is more than just getting up here. It's more than just standing on the platform. You are constantly dealing with the loss of people. And you're going to be constantly dealing with the loss of people that you love. Because you love people in the ministry. And people will die in the ministry. People that you 
may have known for the better part of your life will die. And see, we've been in this church for 34 years uh, and counting, and it's, you know, and, and it, it, since its existence, there's a lot of people that have come into our lives, people that I've known 10 years, 20 years, 30 years now. And if you die, yes, it's going to affect me because I love you. But it will happen in ministry. It will happen. It will happen in this community. Well, let's not say it will happen. It has happened in this ministry. And it will happen again. Are you following me? So, in that, I I understand when people go home to be with the Lord in the church, you know, it's not like, oh, oh, we just lost a member. No, it's like losing someone that's a part of your life. It's it's just not, you know, you've been to funerals where you didn't know the people well and, you know, it didn't affect you as much. But not when you're in ministry together, it's going to affect your life. Are you with me? It's because you have a personal relationship with them. Now, because see, pre-pandemic, 52 weeks of Sundays, you've been here. 52 weeks of Wednesdays, you're here. And so all of those things make you wake up. And then the, how many years you've been here? Well, of course, you've got a relationship with people. You have a love for people. Even the ones that pluck your last nerve, you still love them. It's just like in your household, your children pluck your nerves. It don't mean you don't love them, but it means that if anything happens, you know, you're going to be hurt. So we need to understand that dealing with loss is not a vocation. It's not a vocational aspect of pastoring. It's also a personal part. A pastor, and I think of the transitioning of our pastor, you know, uh, you know, you have to you you have to be prepared, and I think how he prepared me and how I handled loss concerning the members of this church. I remember I used to always ask him when when we go to funerals. He would always have Minister Hasten do something and Minister Martin do it. And I said, Why do you always have them do it? And you know, he said, Because I'm preparing them. I'm preparing them for what? But see, all of it you can't see right then. He said, I'm preparing them. And actually, you know what he didn't say, but I knew it. He was like, I was preparing them to help you. Because I haven't done any funerals. And, I, and you're going to see why as we continue continue teaching. But preparation is the thing. And when you understand that and you see that and you like, okay, I, I, I understand that. Because you have to, have to learn how to handle loss. And I hope that some of the things that I've learned over this time personally and in ministry, I want to share those things because I believe it will help you. It will help you get to where you need to be. Because in this ministry, people are going to die and they're going to be close to you as if they had your last name. But we are well able. And one of the things that I've learned in this time of transitioning of our pastor and just in death, the reason why and the reason why I want to go back over these statements is because they are important. 
And it is imperative that we understand this one thing, two things that I said before. Death or loss is always inescapable and unavoidable. It's going to happen. It's not if. When you're dealing with loss and you're dealing with death, it's not if, it's when. Because it's going to be when it happens. Because it is going to happen to all of us. It's unavoidable and inescapable. It's unavoidable and it's an inescapable part of life. And I realize in this teaching that many of you have not accepted the fact that we're going to lose people. You don't want to look at it that way. But we will. And not only in this ministry, in your family. So when we lose people, it's even more difficult for us to press when we're not willing to understand that you're going to. We're not willing to press forward. We're not willing to go. Because why? You never accepted the fact that people in your life it will not necessarily be in your life forever. See, we think it's going to be forever. They won't be in your life for the rest of your life. I remember my oldest son told me, he said, Mom, I thought Dad would live forever. And now he's telling me I'm going to live forever. But that's just not going to happen. It sounds good, but that, it just doesn't work that way. We want it to, and you know, and we look at age, well, okay. And even you, you, all of you all that's getting married and stuff like that, things can change in a minute, in a moment. But see, we think we're so young. Now, it can't be happening to me. Age, guess what? One thing that you can, I can tell you about death and loss, it's not prejudice. It's not racist. It don't care what age you are. It don't care how long you've been in the Lord or out of the Lord. So don't let the enemy trick you with that either. We're starting our life. Hmm. Unavoidable and inescapable. The Bible says it's appointed once for every man to die and then the judgment. And that is the truth of the word of God. And you will die because you have an appointment. Let us know. Ecclesiastes lets us know that there's timing and season. Let's read it. In Ecclesiastes 3, beginning at verse 1, it says, To everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born. And a time to die. A time to plant. And a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill. And a time to heal. A time to break down. And a time to build up. A time to weep. And a time to laugh. A time to mourn. And a time to dance. Notice the wisdom that Ecclesiastes is showing here. It lets us know all of these seasons are coming and none of them are permanent. Because he's saying there's only a time for it. 
He, that's the wisdom of Ecclesiastes, is letting him know that there is a time coming for all of these things, but then he says, it's another time for this, and it's another time. None of it is permanent. That means you won't live forever. <laughs> There's a time to be born. Those of us that have children and those of you that are having children, you need to realize that it's just a season. It's just a season. You know, pregnancy, labor, delivery, you know, it's just a season. Infancy is just a time. I'll prove it out to you. It doesn't last forever because... Before you know it, that baby is not a baby, it's now a child. That child is no longer a child, now they're a young adult. See, it's just a, it's just a season. So don't get caught up, because it's just a season. That child is going to turn into a young adult. That younger, and before you know it, guess what? That young adult. It's going to turn into somebody you want to get out of your house. Because it's only a season. It's not permanent. So those of you that have babies, don't, you know, and you're going through it, you, oh, Lord, when is that? It's just a season. You're going to go through another one. You're going to go through another one. And you're going to go through another one. It's not permanent. It's just a time and season. And that's what Ecclesiastes is telling us. There's a time for all of, there's a time for all of our lives where somebody or some people that we know is going to die. It, it just is what it is. Thank God you're here. It's unavoidable and it's inescapable. I didn't say this last week, but I, you, you might want to make a note of this. We were never intended to die. This is why it hurts so much. See, we were never intended to die. We die because of the sin of Adam. The Bible says that at, when, it, when Adam sinned, all died. We were never intended to die. That's why it hurts so much. That's why we were never intended. Our bodies went from incorruptible to corruptible when he sinned. We were once incorruptible to corruptible when he sinned. And so one of the reasons that we struggle is because we really wasn't supposed to ever experience death. And I'm here to tell you, death is the most painful experience you can have. Well, let me put it this way. Death of a spouse is the most painful experience you can ever have. I told God myself, I said, God... Cancer, nothing can't hurt this bad. No, I know it can't. It can't. This is the kind of pain. This, this is this is unreal. This goes to the core. It is a devastating 
when someone you love, a parent, a child, is painful. So we're dealing with something that was never God's plan, but God, but man made other plans. Man got it. Anytime man put their hands on something, it's going to be a mess. And so now we have to deal with something that we really wasn't created to do. But thank God, He's bringing help. We learned last week that we was prepared for loss if, because it's unavoidable and inescapable that we must be prepared for loss. And the way we prepare for loss, we say you need to live righteous. Have a righteous life. You need to be obedient to the Word of God and the will of God for your life. You need to be there. I know it sounds like, really? Because, see, you act like I'm te- I was going to tell you to be prepared, you know, just, you know, don't care about this. No, no, no. You got, this is what's going to help you through. You have to have first lived, living a righteous life and an obedient life. It's going to help you. Because that's going to make it where you don't worry about regrets and unsolved issues, unresolved issues that's going going to go on back and forth in your life. Because regrets and unresolved issues, that's a result of unrighteousness. It's a result of unrighteousness or a lack of obedience. Are you with me? And, and, And see, we always think we have time to fix it. I ain't worried about it right now. We always got time. We'll get it together later. I'm going to make it right in time. But remember, we all just, we allotted just a span of time, a dispensation of time. You don't know what kind of time you have left. That's why you can't be at, you know, leave all the garbage alone in families. Because you don't know what kind of time you have. You don't want to die with all of that. In, or you don't want them to die with all of Oh, we should have just, you know, I just should have let it go. I just, well, let it go now. Just let it go now. You don't have to be caught up in those things. Because you're going to end with regrets and unresolved issues. Oh, I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have done this when he was living. I wish I would have done that when he was living. It's too late. So now you do all you're supposed to do. Why? I'm going to live righteous and I'm going to obey God because at the end of the day, if anyone in my family or myself die, when we die, I don't want to live with no regrets and unresolved issues. So one of the best things that you can do is to handle loss is to prepare for it. And if you prepare for it, you have to prepare, prepare for it before it happens. You're not going to be able to prepare when it happens. Then we said you have to deal with every loss. Because you, because you lost one, that's not the end of it. You're going to have loss again. Oftentimes you see people get stuck. Not because, listen, not because of the first death. It's usually the second, the third, the fourth. Oh, it's just too much. It's too much to bear. It's too much. It's too much you want us to stop. I've just lost too many people in my life, you know. Too many people that I love and I don't want to go on. I feel lost. I don't know what to do. I don't, you know, I just want to, mm, I just want to crawl up in the room. I don't want to go any further. That's called stuck. 
And why are you feeling that way? Because you didn't, listen, deal with the last loss. So see, every loss that we've had now, we need to deal with it now. Because another one's coming. So we need to deal with this so I can be prepared. I need to check my life and say I need to be righteous. I need to make sure I'm righteous at all times. Are you with me? We don't want to be stuck with the, you know, you, you don't want to deal with the, deal with the last loss. Just deal with it. Because the experience is coming. And you don't want to be stuck in your heart and in your mind. Loss challenges your faith. Death challenges your faith. Write this down. There is the truth, and then there is what you believe. That's two different things. There is truth, and then there is what you believe. And a lot of times, what you believe about death is not true. I said there's truth, and then there's what you believe. And most of the time, what you believe about death is not truth. Most of the time. I mean, we may sing a song, or we may read a program, and we meet, and you know, we even have the cliches that go forward. And you took that belief, that cliche, or that song, and you made it your truth or your belief, and it wasn't true. It just sounded good. Many of you in here, you, 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 you used to take that. You amen when you went to funerals and they said God plucked another flower. Because it just sounded good. Oh, oh. And by the way, just, 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 just to FYI, you don't become an angel when you die. They got their wings. I'm like, what wings? Another one got their wings. My grandmother got their wings. There's a, that's unscriptural. There, you get no wings. You're not an angel when you die. Been acting like the devil here and all of a sudden you're an angel there. I mean, I done seen it so much and I see people writing it. You know, they got their wings today. What wings? And you know, I don't want to answer it because it's not my business. Um, just as long as you don't put it on my page, you're fine. But what? Now, personally for me, I don't even wish nobody in heaven happy birthday. They say happy heavenly birthday. I'm like, do they really think they're having a party up there? A birthday party? Seriously? I don't. You're not insane if that's what you want to do. Happy heavenly birthday. Like they blowing out candles and having a birthday party up there. See, because see, in my fault, my husband wouldn't want to have a birthday party without me. So I'm like, so you, he's having a happy birthday party. Happy heavenly birthday. I don't. You can do what you want to. But see, all of that sounds good. And it makes you feel good. But see, this, this, this teaching ain't about feelings. This is about truth. This is about getting you where you need to be. And all this heavenly b- birthday stuff and everything. And I, you know, I believe that Jesus and God, yeah, see, I, 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 I take it at face value. I believe Jesus and God be just laughing on the throne. Like, seriously? That's, that's so unscriptural. 
He's looking at that loved one you talking about, they don't have a wing. He's looking at that loved one that, that, that your earthly birth down here that you're talking about, that kind of stuff doesn't exist in heaven. There's no calendar day there. There's no, it's a continual life. See, we want to take this natural life and put it in heaven. You can't. Heaven is not this place. The way it's set up here, society is set up, is not the way heaven is set up. There's no anniversaries. It's the anniversary of their death. Happy anniversary in heaven. Listen, God and His Word, heaven and earth, transcends time and space. And everything that we know here in the natural, stop trying to take that and put it in heaven. It's unscriptural. See, because then you're trying to make heaven like this place. And it's not. Oh, I messed some of you up. Y'all like, darn it. I just wrote that yesterday. This is somebody a heavenly birthday. It's okay. You, you, you still got to go to heaven. God still love you. You just learned something different. Listen, listen. It's not that I'm so smart. If you can't find it here, just don't say it. If it's not here, just say, that sounds good, but I ain't playing those games. But see, but, but listen, but all of that makes us feel good. Don't do anything for the one in heaven. And you said it like they can hear you. Happy birthday up there. You got wings now. I know. I know. Don't. I wish I wouldn't come today. Well, go and walk out. I'm, I'm good with that. You're missing the treasures of heaven with all that foolishness. But I'm going to give you truth. At all times. I know you messed up about that, but it, it's okay. Again, you, it doesn't mean you have you, you haven't sinned. You're just talking. See, that's talking out. That's called talking out the side of your neck. That's all that's called. It don't mean you don't love God. You're going to heaven. You're just talking out the side of your neck. And you're making yourself feel good. And the people that died, that's all. They just made them feel good and everything. And that's okay. But you know what? Make them feel better and say, you know, they're not. They, they, you know what? They're with the, the, the elders saying, holy, holy, holy. They're up there with God Almighty. They, no, we, they're not an angel. Angels wish they could be us. And you're trying to give. I'm like, I don't want to downgrade. I'm a child of God. I don't want to be no angel. Angels got to work too hard. Following your tail around, just trying to get you out of trouble. I don't need to be no angel. I want to be a child of the God who I am. Amen? So a lot of us, you know, we don't... See, we have our own belief. Our own truth. Now listen to me. I've been to a lot of funerals. And I want to tell you this. But I have never ever been to a funeral listen listen to me closely where somebody 
blame the adversary for the death. Even though the Bible says that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and God comes that you might have life and have it more abundantly, you see people get killed. I mean, they on drugs. They've been murdered. They was in, you know, they committed suicide. They did all those type of things, and they die, and nobody ever, I, I've never heard, and I'm sure you've had this, I've never been to a funeral that somebody got up and said, the adversary is busy. You see. You see. But I have been to a, mostly every funeral where people have called God a killer. Or oh, we don't use those words. But see, they, they were going right along and then God decided there's time for them to come home. So He killed them and brought them home to put in His garden. Killing. We always, God did it all. But you never hear him say the enemy. When the Bible plainly tells us he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And we see people die for all kinds. I'm telling you, just ruthless stuff. Stuff they're into him. God knows what they needed. They're in heaven now. You've seen them doing everything and anything. They're in heaven now. You know who that's for? That's for you, not them. That just makes you feel good. That's all it does. Because wherever they are, it's sealed. And you saying that won't change it. But it's again, it's not for them. It's for you. And that's the way you try to move forward. If I can convince myself they're in heaven. Well, nobody really knows who go to heaven. Well, God said you could. Well, how? I don't, you, you don't know. Well, then the Bible says you could. The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. That's how you're going to know they belong to me. And if they belong to me, they're in heaven. Now, ask the question, what kind of fruit did you see? You hear all the the wrong kind of fruit and say they're in heaven. That's for you. It's not for God. Because it's unscriptural. They was in a big drug deal and they went off. Oh no, let's get let's get let's let's really get close to home. They're practicing homosexuality, but they love the Lord. That's for you. Just know that. You can't have that kind of fruit. No way and no how. If that was the case, God have to go back and apologize to whole Sodom and Gomorrah. Not happening. See, I'm busting your bubble on all of that foolishness because that's keeping you unprepared for the next death that's coming. Are you with me? I'm looking for an obituary where it'll tell me that the death was 
the work of the adversary. They got shot down the street. They was right in the middle of the... Uh, not going to see it. They're at home now. With God. And I've never, never heard the adversary had anything to do with the death of a loved one. When a loved one dies, the devil didn't have nothing to do with that. But I can tell you, I've had plenty of funerals. God killed the person. Again, we use the fancy words. But God said that I came, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. No. I'm not the only one with that testimony. I know you haven't either. Are you, are you with me? Now, loss challenges our faith. That is truth versus what we believe. Loss alters our plans. That's why it's hard to move forward. I shared personal experience last week, but it never alters God's plan. I also told you that loss is not what we desire. None of us desire loss, and especially of a loved one. You know, if you love somebody, you don't want them to die, period. And you definitely don't want them to die before you. You even say, you know, y'all, you know, the spouses, they be like, I want you to, uh, you know, I hope I go before you, you go before me. See, we, we, we never want our loved ones to die before us. And you know what, and that's kind of selfish, if you really look at it. See, we don't mind if they die after we're gone. But I just don't want you to die before me. Kind of selfish. I don't know if that's more of a concern for them or for us. And that's, that's a message for another time. But loss is never what we desire. Write it down. You pressing forward does not dishonor the person that you lost. Now, see, now this, is, this, now this used to get me stuck. I'll say it again. Moving forward or pressing forward does not dishonor the person that you lost. Because all the enemy would play you with that. But listen to me. Joshua lost Moses. And what did God say? Arise and go. The disciples lost Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus came and visited them after the resurrection and he told them, he said, now go and wait for the promise. See, I want you to move. You, you need to start pressing forward. Because remember, they kind of wanted to stop. They just kind of split up and wanted to go their different ways. And, oh, we thought he was the one and now he's dead and what, you know, all that. And then Jesus happens up and walk in the midst of him and say, now, now you go and wait for the promise. Because you need to move forward. You do not dishonor a person's life by moving forward. And you do not honor a person's life by staying in a stagnant place. 
See, some people think, well, I got to look a certain way and I got to stay a certain way, you know, in order to really honor them and make sure. Because, see, I know people that were married and they say they'll never marry again. Their spouse died. Six months later, they're married. There's nothing wrong with it. That's what they want to do. That's just not for me. Because the Bible, because when they stood up, they said, till death do us part. Once you die, one of us die, I'm free to marry. That's just me. I don't want to be married. I'm never going to be married. For me, in my mind, I'm still married. For me. And if somebody want to get married after their spouse died, you haven't sinned. That's just for me. And nobody has to put anybody down that want to get married because that's what they want to do. They, they're free. Now all of you all would be shocked and amazed if I came in one day and said, I'm getting married. Y'all be telling me, I'm leaving the church. Cause it, but actually I'm free to. I'm, I'm really free to. But I wish I would put up with some low life thug even. No. Mm-mm. Not, not even, not even a thought. But, if you are, you haven't sinned. So you, so you, you're not, you're not dishonoring them by moving forward. And moving forward is not only just trying to go get a spouse. I mean, just just moving forward. Because I'm telling you, I've been shopping or doing something or with a friend. And all of a sudden, grief will come on my shoulder and say, Excuse me, don't you dare try. Did you laugh out loud? And your husband's gone. And then I, and then I kind of suck in. I'll be like, Oh, God. And then I'm like, Okay, let me go look at some clothes or something. Let me fight back. This. Because let me tell you. Now, mourning is different from grief. It's different in the sense grief is a stalker. It will stalk you. And it will stalk me all the days of my life. I already know that. But I can handle it because I got the Word of God. But, uh, but, but grief will make you feel like, no, you're going to do this. I mean, I have plans for different things I want to do. And, the, and then we said, you want to do all of that. Well, you weren't going to do all that. when Y'all weren't doing all of that when he was here. And then I said, well, wait a minute. And then God will say, my people hear my voice and won't follow another. So you're never dishonoring a person by moving forward. (laughs) I gave you these statements last week and I said that we're going to go through them one at a time. And that's what we're going to do, all the statements that I gave you. We said we have to mourn properly, and that's what we're going to deal with. We have to mourn properly. We have to deal with what remains. We have to trust God to comfort us. These are the ones I left you with. We have to comfort others in their time of loss. We have to honor the life of the person who is lost. We have to consider our life, and we have to redeem the time. Let's go to Point number one, I must mourn properly. I must mourn properly. 
And I can hear you thinking in your head and you're saying, well, what do you mean more improperly? Is that, you know, you're thinking, you know, ain't no wrong way to mourn. Just bear with me. I must mourn properly. Whether it's a spouse, whether it's a parent, whether it's a child, whether it's a close friend, I must learn how to mourn properly. Simple definition I'm going to give you. To mourn means to feel deep grief, sadness, or sorrow over someone's death, and to express the same. It's on the board. This is what mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, mourning means to feel deep grief, sadness, or sorrow over someone's death, and to express the same. See, you don't just feel it, you also express it when you mourn. That's what it means to mourn. If you look it up, you'll see it in many versions of dictionaries. How do I uh, properly mourn? Here you go. Letter A under your number one. I have to know that it is appropriate to mourn. It is right to mourn. And also, you need to mourn. It is appropriate. Letter A, it is appropriate to mourn. And the reason I'm saying this is because I've encountered many believers who don't feel that it's appropriate to mourn. Guess what? Especially if the person that dies is a believer themselves. You feel like, I don't have to mourn. But you do. You have to mourn. It's imperative that you mourn. They're a believer. I don't have to mourn. I know where they are. Follow me. Stay close. That's what I tell my grandchildren when we're in the store. Stay close. If I turn the corner, you better be turning with me. Stay close. You hear people say things like, oh, I'm fine. If somebody dies in the Lord, you'd be like, well, how are you? Well, I'm fine because they're in heaven. They're all right because they're in heaven, so I'm good. You know, they, at least I know they knew the Lord. They knew the Lord, so I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm not sad. I'm not upset. Because they died in the Lord. I'm not hurting. That's not true. That's not true. That's called denial of what has happened. Oh, I'm just rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. All I can do is rejoice because they are in heaven. And they're all right. They're good. Praise the Lord. Now listen. If you're that spiritual, that someone that you loved have exited your life forever on this side, and you feel no sadness, I want you to tell, I want to tell you you didn't love them. If someone in your life that you love 
have exited your life to death, and you mean to tell me you have no feelings about it? You could not have loved them. You have to have some kind of feelings about what has happened. Because they have exited your life forever on this side. You won't see them again on this side. And you feel nothing? If you feel nothing, just know that you didn't love them. Now, 99.9% of us know that's not realistic for someone you love to die and you just say, well, they're in heaven and I'm good. You got to mourn. It's imperative that you mourn. Just follow me. Just follow me. You have to mourn. And besides that, the Bible says, See, I'm not, it's just not me. The Bible says there's a time to mourn. So that means you need to mourn. There is a time to mourn. See, everything in the scripture, just know, it's not just put there just haphazardly. It's not just put there for something to say. It's not a filler. It's there for you to abide by. It says there's a time to mourn. There's nothing wrong with mourning. Because that God allows a time for mourning. Are you with me? And to suggest that you don't have to mourn is actually contrary to the Scriptures. And not support of the Scriptures. To say, I don't have to mourn because I know where they are. <laughs> let, 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 let me tell you why you think like that. I don't have to mourn. I know they're in heaven. I know where they are. What happens with a lot of people, they think that their faith is so great that they don't need to mourn. Those type of people usually end up stuck later. Maybe not right then, but later. Because you haven't mourned, and there's a time to mourn. You end up stuck later. It's appropriate to learn, to mourn. To, and what did we say mourning? To have a deep feeling of grief and sadness when someone dies and to express those feelings of grief and sadness. Because I love them. They've been in my life all of my life. I'm hurting. That hurts. Not only do I have grief and sadness, you're going to see it because I'm going to express it. You express it through tears. You express it through screaming. You, ex you express it in many ways. But you, it's a deep, deep grief and sadness. And it's expressed just the same. Now, I'm not talking about screaming and crying at a funeral like you're not hope. Bring, come back. Stay close. I'm talking about period. I'm talking about mourning. I'm not, because we have seen people that are without hope. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about mourning because you love them. They were a part of your life. And you know, a parent, a spouse, they've, they've been there all your life. How are you going to let them die and you feel nothing?
there's a time to mourn. Don't let anybody make you feel like that you're not in faith because you didn't mourn. And for some of you, you're going to have to, after I get through with this teaching, you're going to have to go and take time to mourn. See, it doesn't matter about the space and time. I didn't do it right then. It's okay. You're going to have to pull aside a time and say, I need a time to mourn. Let me tell you, that stiffness that you keep having in your neck and that thing that you keep aching and stuff like that, that all of that's coming because all that mourning that you need to release is there. And it's, it, you know, all that, uh, uh, you, and you thinking it's something else, mourn and watch it dissipate. That's a word for somebody. You don't want to end up stuck. Now, here's what we confuse with mourning. When you're mourning, you are not mourning where they went. See? You're not mourning where they went. You are mourning the absence of their presence in your life. See, you're not mourning, oh, they're going to be... No, no, no. You're mourning that they're going to be absent from the presence in my life. I'm not mourning about where they went. Are you following me? Are you following me? See, you have to make sure you correctly understand this. Actually, mourning is selfish. Actually, mourning is selfish. Because it's really not about them. It's really about you. It's really about you. What is it? I'm going to miss them. See, it's about you. Because guess what? To live is Christ. To die is gain. It can't be about them because if they died in Christ, they've gained. You've lost. So you're not really mourning about them because they have gained. You're mourning for you because I'm not going to see them no more. I'm going to miss them. I'm going to do it. See, actually mourning is selfish. It's about me. I'm hurt. It's about me. But God said, but I'm going to give you a time for that. Because they've been in your life. Of course you need that time. And we have parents getting older. I'm getting older. Everybody, let me say, we're not going to be here forever. Your parents, I know, because when you live with them, you, you just can't even think about them or see them dying. But they will. Well, mourning is really about you. I'm going to miss them. I've lost them. Again, they gain. They didn't lose you. They, let me tell you, they in heaven with a great cloud of witness looking down at you, grieving about missing them. They've gained. If you can know your parents' voice, they ought to say, hush that mess up. Girl, out of game. Boy, I done get... Boy. 
Boy, bye. Okay, just boy, boy. What, what, are you, what are you doing that for? I've gained, but see, we're so selfish within ourselves. We're mourning because, oh, it hurt me so bad. I know. I've lived it. I've lived it and still live it. See, I don't want you to think by no stretch of the imagination that I'm all, I got this thing and I've got, no, 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 I have a time. But see, I've done my mourning. Grief is a stalker. So you're not mourning their gain. You're mourning their loss. And the, Bible, and the Bible tells us, precious in the sight of the Lord of those who die in the Lord. So you know mourning is for you. So to have feelings and emotions and to express those feelings and emotions is an appropriate thing to do. Don't ever confuse your emotions with your faith. Those are two different things. Don't ever confuse your emotions with your faith. Those are two different things. Because it is your faith that gives you hope. It's your faith that gives you hope. It gives you comfort. It gives you assurance that it's going to be well with your soul. Your faith do. But your feelings, your emotions, and your natural, that's natural and human. You're a human being. It's okay to have it. You know, if, if, if you show some emotion, oh, they just don't have faith. No, that's not it. That's not it. Because understand this. We don't have spiritual relationships. We have natural relationships with each other. We don't have spiritual relationships. We have natural human relationships with one another. Let's say it this way. You have fleshly relationships. You do. I'm going to take my time with this. I'm not going to rush because I want you to get it. Now... The Bible tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes that there's a time to mourn. We read that. Now, if you would look at the children of Israel and you, you, and you would put this scripture into context, you have to put this scripture that we just read in Ecclesiastes into context of the children of Israel, they literally had mourning times. Mourning times. It was a set-aside, designated time to mourn. And when the time was up for mourning, it was over. Look at somebody and say, it's over. There's a designated time for mourning. The Israelites, that's what they did. And then at the end of it, it was over. This was not like a theoretical thing. This was not like, I want you to understand, grab this. 
That was literally a time, as a matter of fact, there's still, right today, a literal time to mourn. Do you know there's a place in Jerusalem? And you can go there today. Maybe we as a church need to take a trip over there. Where you go to mourn. You go for nothing else but to mourn. And when you went there, when you go there, you go there only for that reason. It's a designated place only for mourning. You go there to mourn. And when you get there, that's what you do. That's a literal time to mourn. And as believers, we need to understand that there is a time to mourn. And you should take that time to mourn. Now, I didn't say that for the rest of your life. You cannot, you cannot mourn for the rest of your life. There's a time for it, Ecclesiastes says. And what did I say? In Ecclesiastes, one of the things that it shows us, it's not forever. It's not permanent. It's just a time to mourn. So there's a time to mourn, and you should take that time. Now, the time you take may be different times, and that's okay. Someone, somebody, somebody mourn right after someone dies. Someone, you're so busy. For example, I mourned right after Pastor Hill passed. But if you don't mourn until six months later, if you three months later, whatever, as long as you mourn. Because sometimes you got a, a lot of things to do. And you just haven't took the time. You know what's going on. For example, when Pastor Hill passed away, it was a lot of things that, that, that needed to be in place, needed to go forward. But I had children that were devastated. I had grandchildren that's devastated about their pawpaw. They don't, they don't really understand it. I really didn't explain to them. Matter of fact, I didn't even bring them to the funeral. Didn't even want to. All little Isaiah wanted to know is, can we go where he is? Well, if he's up there, we can all just go up there. We can go, if Papa's in heaven, let's, when can we go? I have a church that they're about to hear that their pastor is gone. That's going to be a, a, a major ordeal. Got a church now that needs to be pastor. It's a lot of things that go on. Now, in your life, it might be several things that's going on. That will forbid you from mourning right then. That might be stuff you have to do and take care of, and you can't. You're hurting, but you haven't mourned because you've been busy. But I'm telling you, you have to take the time to mourn. I had a lot of things going on. Many other things besides of the things that I said that was going on that I won't even speak on that's going on that I need to get in place, that I need to do, that I need to do. But I was like, no, I'm mourning. I, I have to I'm hurting right now. And when that time of mourning, I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, thank God. And I thank God for my church family. Everybody was good, good. I mean, they were doing it, but they could not help me. They could not. Let me tell you, when you're in that, you could not. You, my children, could not. I'll never forget, I told Isaac, I don't know if he even remember then, because he was in the state too, and I'll never forget, I walked up to him and I said, I just want him to come home. I want him home. And I looked at him, and he looked at me like, I can't do anything. And then my heart went out, I said, he can't. He can't. And he, 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 he couldn't do anything. I said, I want him to come home today. I want him home. And he looked at me and, and he said, I know, Mom. I know. See, this is not about just... You have to take that time. He was like, if I could go get him... I said, I want him, I, I, I just want him to come home. He came in the room, I said, I want your dad to home. That's all I want. So I had to mourn right then. Nothing anybody was going to say or do could get me out of it. But God. And I shut my door in my room, and I did everything I could to bring him back. I did everything I did to to fuss at God, to do it all of that, because it goes along with it. Until God said, stop. One thing God knows about me is when I know how to hear his voice. He said, now stop. And for those whole, it was, took 30 days for me to come back to this ministry. And God began to speak to my heart. He began to change me and rearrange me. He began to give me a focus. And, he, and then the cloud and the fog began to lift. Because I knew then, I said, well, if my son can't get him home, and God said, you've moved into another dispensation, then you must go. And then I heard my pastor's voice. See, because I've talked to him about many things you know nothing about. And I could hear him clearly. He said, you, you, you were made for this. You're good. We've talked about these things. Now it's time. See, time, that's why I'm say, trying to tell you, time, you don't know what time, because that was unexpected. That was unexpected. But you know what? We're never prepared in the sense that we are ready for anybody that you love to die. I don't care what age they are. We just had an incident the other day. My sister called me and she said, oh, Alvin, Vivian, 
you know, my sister that keeps my mother, she just called me panic and said, Mima took it for the worst and everything. I said, well, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. And she was like, oh, and, and I don't know all the ins and outs. And she was screaming and she was crying. Well, my mother's 95. I don't care how old they get. You never want them to go. I don't care how old. And she said, I, I call you back. I call you back because I'm, I can't get any sense out of Rivian. And they call an ambulance and everything. And so I said, okay, I'm going to pray. She hung up the phone and I just prayed. Because that's all I could do. But my, my point is, I don't care how young they are, how old they are. I don't care what any of that is. When you have a loved one, you never want them to go. Long story short, she got, she, she's fine. And then you have to know my sister too, she's very, very, very emotional and, and everything and she's just, just panicked. But, but, but I need, what I need you to know is you have to have that time to mourn. And you can't waste no time right now in preparing yourself to understand this. This is your time to prepare yourself. Get righteous. The Bible says there's a time to mourn. And, and even though the Bible says there's a time to mourn, sometimes you can't get in it right then at that moment. And listen, I'm not trying to tell you what I did was right or wrong. If I did it, you know, right then, was it right or wrong? It didn't. If I did it three weeks later, it, I'm not saying whether I did whether it was right or wrong. Because there's no right or wrong. The point is you have to mourn. And it's not about where they went. It's never about where they went. Did you hear me? See, just because you didn't see me mourn doesn't mean I didn't. And see, the way a lot of you look at me because you see me on the platform and you just because you see me up here, you don't know what I do at home. You don't know. You can assume, but you don't know. I don't know. I don't think she, you know, I don't think she had no time. You know, you know what? You don't know. And those feelings were deep grief and sadness. And it's like a cloak on you. A heavy cloak. Like some thick, thick velvet curtains just hanging on you. It's like a cloak on you. Deep grief. Is it not just grief? Deep grief and sadness. But when I mourned, that deep grief and sadness came out of me. It had to come out of me. You have to get the deep grief and sadness out of you. That's why mourning is necessary. For all of us to do. You have to have it. I learned this and I want to share it with you. Mourning helps you listen. It helps your mental health. And it helps your physical health. Mourning helps your mental health 
and your physical health. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, a lot of some of your aches and pains and things that are going on is because you haven't mourned. You gotta have that time where you pull aside Now listen, my spiritual health was fine. I had the peace in the midst of the storm. My spiritual health was fine. I even had joy spiritually. Joy is not happiness. Joy is not happiness. But I realized within myself, if I don't mourn, my physical and mental health will suffer. And if you don't mourn, your physical, that means your body, and your mental health will suffer over time. Well, I thought you said you had peace. Yes. Didn't you have peace, Pastor? Yes. Peace, listen, peace is spiritual. But my mind and my body is natural. But peace is spiritual. So I had peace, but my mind and body is natural. And that's what goes on. Your mind and your body is natural. And I'm sharing these things with you because I don't want you to be stuck. I'm going to say this and then I'll have to end. Just to show you. About two or three days after Pastor Hill transitioned, my doctor called me Cause I, because I really wasn't talking to anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone on the phone. I was getting text messages and, you know, people calling. Even my family, they would call. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to see each other. Sister Harris came over to our house for a few weeks, brought food. She never saw me, did you? She never saw me. She dealt with my sons. She was bringing food over there uh, or whatever. Never saw it. I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to hear anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to do any of that. But thank God for my church family. Even though I didn't, y'all still, you know, you still sent text messages. You sent your love. You sent stuff to the house. You, you know, you, you still did those things. And my sons would open the door and say, Mom, we got this or whatever, and they'd shut it back. Because he couldn't fix me. He couldn't fix me. But my doctor called me. See, doctors are a good gift. I love my doctor, Sparza. She is... Perfect. I'm mad at her right now, though, but... No, I'm mad at her because during the pandemic, she did something else besides her deal, but she's been my doctor forever. And she was Pastor Hill's doctor as well. And Sandra Sparza. And I'll never forget when I first went to her, she looked like a young girl. I said, how old are you? And she started laughing. I said, I don't need no baby messing with me. And... And she would laugh years, and as the years went by, and she would tell me, she said, you don't, you don't say I look that young anymore. I said, girl, you old as me. You know, we had a good relationship. 
But she called me and she wanted to know how you're doing. How, what kind of liquids are you taking in? Are you eating? Are you sleeping? What's going on with you? Because this is different. I can give you something to help you sleep. I said, no. She said, I need to see you. I said, no, I don't want to, no. As a matter of fact, she was so good. I wasn't there. And, you know, when a person dies at home and stuff, if you don't get someone to say the reason they died or whatever, right then and there, they do a whole investigation, everything. And they, my children knew knew her name and everything. They called her and uh, the ambulance that was there and stuff. And she said, she called it. And she said, I did that because I didn't want them to put no pressure on you and I didn't want them to do all this autopsy stuff and all that because she knew Pastor Hill as well. And she's like, I I want to make sure all of that was out of your way. But she was concerned because she understood. She said, "Uh, how are you doing? How's everything? No, well, you need to you you need to come in and you know when when you can. But I just want you to know that I love you. I mean, I mean, she didn't send her assistant to call me. She called me, and she at first she kept calling me and I wouldn't answer, but she kept calling me because we weren't only doctor. She wasn't only my doctor. She was my friend. So see, even in that, I, you know, I was struggling in my mind and in my body. And she understood because being a doctor, she's gone through that with people. And she said, you know, we need to check that. How's your blood pressure? How's this? How's that? She said, because this. I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace. She said, yeah, but that's different when you're in stress. Because this is, this is something you haven't went through before. Death is not something that's just... We'll talk about it next week. See, y'all look too. I told my son that. I said, why was everybody looking like Don't You don't have to look that way because let me tell you, God's got me. Through it all. Through it all. Because, see, this is all you'll ever see of me. And that's all you need to see. Because you can't do anything about anything else. Death makes things that once interest you don't even, it just doesn't even matter anymore. Things that, you know, you have a whole nother interest. But I I, want to be a blessing to you and I'm going to use my experience to help you. But you need to mourn. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back with this. I'm going to flow with some more information next week but I, because I want, I want it to sink in. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. But God is faithful in the midst of it all. Death or loss changes your life forever. It changes your life forever. See, titles, that don't mean nothing. You're not a wife, you're a widow. That, that means nothing to me. 
It changes your life, changes you from the inside out. It changes your and see when you've been married, me and him. Well, next actually now we would have been married 48 years. We were married 43 years. I was with him longer than I was with my my mother. Long longer than I've been with my 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 family. So. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that happens in a few years. It's not something that happens. It's just not. But you. But if if you've lost anyone, you need to mourn. You need to take the time to mourn. You need to say, you know what? I need to spend some time. And then I didn't get to it, but we'll get to it next week. We we're gonna we're gonna find out the different 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 things. Why you should mourn and how you should mourn and, and, and the different things you should do because, you know, what, what, what does it mean when, you know, you have to deal with the remains? What is the remain? What, what does that all do? Because it's more than just a body. It's things you have to understand that goes with mourning appropriately. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water in Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.